When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to Talking City from the Manchester Evening News. I'm James Robson, Manchester City editor. With me is Simon Bakowski, a football writer for the MEN, and Chris Slater, who is a... You told us this last week. Sports news correspondent. Sports news correspondent. What does that mean again? It means I work on both the news desk and the sports desk. Magic like Is it fancier being a correspondent rather than a writer? Yeah, definitely. I tried yeah. sports news reporter, but correspondent sounded fancy. Right, okay. It looks better on your email signature as well. Yeah. Is that in your contract? Yeah, well, I made it part of my contract, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> One of my key demands. So, it's International Week, and we'll let you into a little secret. On, on the desks of most regional newspapers, International Week is pretty much a death knell, isn't it? It's... Uh, it's excruciating. Is, is that dull we're doing two podcasts this week? Two podcasts in the space of about three days as well, Yeah, it? yeah. That tells you all you need to know about international breaks. Has anything happened since the last podcast? Loads. Absolutely loads. More than you could discuss in 20 minutes. Well, we'll I've give it back. a go. Well, it's going to be about 40 minutes. So <laughs> oh, OK. Well, I, I wasn't in Monday's podcast, so at least it's a fresh voice, if nothing else. But you listen to it. Of course. As did everyone else. Yes. Available from Audio Boom and iTunes, I believe. If you say so. Producer Ben? Correct. So, City th- fans, I'd imagine, are still rocking. Chris, as our resident City fan, are um, you still rocking? Uh, definitely, yeah. Uh, <laughs> that's what, like Simon says, that's, I think that's all that's getting everyone for the international break, isn't it? It is a shame when you have a big game. I think it's the same after the... The Liverpool game, wasn't it? Or, Liverpool, yeah. Yeah, where there yeah. was like an international break afterwards and you just, you know, like a huge win like that and you're on cloud nine and you just have to watch, you know, England versus, you know, pub team, generic pub team 11 times too. Uh, I'm sure we'll get to that later. Um, yeah, no, it was an amazing performance, wasn't it? It's crazy really because it's been the one, one of the few games this season where they've nicked it by the odd goal, but yet I don't think there's been a performance as, as, that's felt as convincing or as buoyed the, the whole club really like that. Um they just dominated from, from start to finish, really, didn't they? And probably should have won by more. But, um, yeah, I think every City fan was just, just buzzing after that. And I bet everyone just can't wait to get back. And got a great run of fixtures coming up again, which I think we'll talk about. Four home games on the spin, so great chance to really kick on now. So they've, they've gone into the second international break, top of the table, level on points with United. Which one of those... The two, the two Manchester clubs, well, I think we're, we're all beginning to think it's going to be between the two of them, aren't we, this season? When you look at the starts of both clubs, which one do you think we should read most into? Because, of course, City, they've just beaten the champions Chelsea and, and you know properly beaten them. And they gave Liverpool a walloping as well. United haven't played anyone yet, have they? No, I think more people are talking about United after the first... When we went into the first international break, because they they'd beaten more people 4-0 and... Um, things like that, but I think rightly more people are talking about City now. United haven't had as tough a, a start, um, although they have, they did finish fifth last year. Um, was it fifth or was it sixth? 
It was fifth, wasn't it? Fifth, yeah. No, it was sixth, wasn't it? Sixth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Arsenal we spent fifth. Six. <laughs> no, 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 it was a long no, time ago. It was sixth. <laughs> <laughs> Seemed to spend about 300 days in sixth. Um, so, you know, it is significant that they are joint top or second to City. Um, and they're doing what they didn't do last year, aren't they, United, which is beating those middling clubs. Yeah, yeah. So they look to have improved on what they were failing with last year. In the same way that City are beating the top sides, yeah. So I think it should be one hell of a title race if they can keep it up. So what are we reading more into here? Because that didn't answer my question. <laughs> it's strange, isn't it? I think City's 10-game winning one last season has sort of made everyone a bit cautious about yeah. um, getting too overexcited about them at the moment. I can, can sense that in people and a lot of... A lot of other pundits and people you heard talking about saying, well, we said this last season sort of thing. United haven't got that, so it's kind of a, you know... And the way they're playing as well, with the fact that, you know, they look a, a little, to have a touch more edge or whatever seems to be what making people get a touch more excited about them, I think. But there seems to be... <clears throat> a lot of the old clichés from last season still seem to be hanging around that, oh, the defence, you know, might be iffy mm. and, uh, you know, and things like that, which I don't, I don't think really stand up to scrutiny. Um, no, I, I mean, you've told me this many times as a, as a City fan, you, you often explain to me uh, the world through your eyes, <laughs> which is generally thinking the worst, always fearing the worst, yeah. and waiting for the bubble to burst. But yeah, I, I think increasingly, because at the start of the season, I've got to say, my big thought about City was that they're going to get found out in defence. I, I thought, if company gets injured, which he almost certainly will, and he did, then they're in serious trouble because I don't particularly rate Otamendi and I think Stones at the moment needs a top, top centre-half to get the best out of him. But then when you start thinking about it, I, I, I look back to Guardiola's Barcelona team and that Barcelona team, all I remember was people saying, Mascherano, you can get at him, he's not even a centre-back, he's, he's, he's a short midfielder. That There's a weakness. I remember before the Champions League final when he played United in 2009, Fergie actually told United's players to, to target Gerard Piquet, which sounds incredible to think of that now. But that's it. that Barcelona team was absolutely still possibly the greatest team we, clubs we've ever seen with those constant questions about them. Is Guardiola just doing the same now with City? You know, they've got, yeah, it looks like a weak defence, but you can't get anywhere near them. Well, I'll answer your last question as well with this one. But <laughs> that City performance at Chelsea was the best performance from a Premier League team at least this season, maybe last season as well. Um, and that's why I think more teams will be worried about City than they are United because that was such a strong performance from them. And like Guardiola said, after the game, they went 1-0 up and they didn't defend. People talk about a weak defence where you just don't defend, you just keep attacking. And they kept going at Chelsea, they should have had another when... Uh, Jesus's volley was cleared off the line. Mm. Um, I think it, it sh- it's shaping up to be something special along the lines of uh, what he's achieved before. So we're actually comparing it to Barcelona now? I think you have to. Yeah. You know, it, it's obviously very early days, but there are signs that he's creating a team that looks pretty formidable. One thing at the minute, though, it seems that... Um Rather than people praising the strengths, it seems to be, you know, there seems to be excuses being given for these performances. Especially Liverpool, obviously the sending off. People forget that City were one 0 up and playing very well at the time. <clears throat> there was a lot of analysis of like that the first twenty minutes of that game that Mane got in down the channel, but getting him down the channel isn't scoring, is it? You know, and City managed to snuff him out and defend quite well. 
The same happened at Stamford Bridge. There was a few times where Hazard got free down the wing or Morata found a bit of space in the box, but either Otamendi or Stones were there, closed him down or snuffed him out. And I don't know what more you want from them than that, but yet there seems, still seems to be this feeling that they're vulnerable. I think the way City play, they will always concede chances and space at the back because they've got so many men forward and that sort of thing. But as long as you can get back in numbers, defend and then win the ball back and break, I, don't, you know, I think that's exactly what what Pep wants. I don't think you'll be too concerned if the opposition get forward every now and again because it means they can nick the ball from and get, get back up the other end. So There's a boxing saying, um, which, which they trainers will often say this because you'll say, uh, oh, but he got caught a few times, didn't he? And they say, well, if you're going to jump in the water, you're going to get wet. And the way Guardiola plays, they will concede chances because he's constantly looking to go, go forward. So it does mean there'll be areas at the back. But we don't necessarily have to look at that as a reason why it's all going to come apart, do we? Because what they will do is also score more goals than the vast majority of teams they play against. And they haven't conceded that many chances. No. That's been no. you know, the big surprise. They've um, defended very, very well as a team and individually. Um, and that's been maybe the biggest change from last season, that they're only conceding... Well, the biggest change is not conceding from the one shot they, they offer up, but... You know, they're not conceding many chances and Edison is snaffling up everything that comes his way. So we're only seven games in, so let's 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 hold off giving them the title just yet. Um, and like you said, last year it was ten, ten games, ten straight wins, wasn't it? And of course it fell apart. But is Guardiola proving us all wrong here? Because of course, and I know that every week at a press conference, see what... We speak to him on a weekly basis down at City, so we know him better than anybody else. But when, whenever you go away, there'll always be a reporter from the opposition team who'll say, have you been surprised by the Premier League? Is the Premier League tougher than, than you've ever seen? And it really, really winds him up. He can't stand answering that question. As if he'd never watched it before he got here. Sort of exactly, thing. yeah. And as if everything he'd done before is, is meaningless until you can actually go and beat Burnley away from home. Um, but he's been quite dismissive of it a lot as well. And he... Even more so of late, I think recently he said something like, yes, I know, everybody tells me the great Premier League is better than anything else. Is he now showing that he was right all along when he said he wouldn't change, that he was going to go and, and play his way and it'll be his way or no way? Is he, has he, has he proven everyone wrong? I think you could tell last season, if you read between the lines a bit, he was trying to play down expectations, wasn't he? So maybe he did know that this was going to be you know, a sort of slightly medium-term project at least, if not a longer-term project. Uh, I think the only, everyone seemed to expect him to rock up and clean the clean the floor with everyone apart from him you know he's not that arrogant I know he's got very he's very self-confident and he believes in his own philosophy and stuff but he's not going to turn up and make cliche and call off you know Jordi Alba is he he knew that he tried last season to do the best with what he had I think City were disappointing I think he'd admit that but I think you know he's addressed the areas where he could see there was weaknesses and I think you, you, you've definitely seen the, uh, the fruits of his labours now and I think I always had a feeling it might be a sort of two to three year project you know rather than a sort of first season, hit the ground running straight away. Um, I thought I, mean, I was going to be wrong when it was the, the 10, games, the ten um, games on the trot last season, but yeah, I think now you can see the philosophy really actually taking hold. Rather, during those 10 wins last season, it was just players on form, you know, lots of good players on the pitch together, on form at the same time, just blowing the opposition away. Now you can see, especially Chelsea way, that was a... Probably the first time that City fans have turned around, a um, friend of mine described to me as a, a pep tactical, tactical masterclass. It was the first time I've heard a City fan say that to me about a game. He said Pep has completely outthought the opposition manager there. So I think, yeah, we might be starting to see the start of 
his ideas really pulsing through the team. And he believed last season, despite us being most people being critical of City last season, I, I do also think with, with good reason because um, with the reputation he had, with the squad he'd taken over, there, it was an underachievement last season. But he himself kept saying he was happy, didn't he? he, he obviously not happy he didn't win anything, but he was happy with the football that was played. Are we now seeing why he was happy? Because he'd instilled into them what he wanted them to do and it was a matter of tweaking here at, well, £200 million worth of tweaking, but tweaking here and there to make them what we're seeing now. Yeah, I, I think they underachieved last season directly because of him, because he made mistakes, he tried too much with the team, he tried to do to play the game he wanted with players that weren't up to playing it, and I think maybe the Nadir was Leicester away when they just got absolutely mullered and uh, came out afterwards and you know said what his tackles and it was all that, but now that he has the players, he's recruited well in summer, um, you may be seeing what what they're capable of. You also have, he, he's very good in press conferences at um, getting across how much City have against them and that playing them down and saying how much history is against them. You know, they're not United or, not, or Arsenal with all these titles behind them. The 10 years off Europeans best. So I think that sort of under the radar makes people think oh well they're doing really well as well because mm. you know they shouldn't be doing this and that's kind of bought him time which is a uh, clever of him shall we say he may look really awkward in a lot of press conferences but he often knows exactly what he's saying and what he's trying to get across I've never I've never bought that um, I think a lot of us in the in the press have never particularly liked the idea of trying to sell City as underdogs. No, but he does, he does all the I know time. He does. And, and, you know, we've been covering them now for a number of years. It's now knocking on 10 years since the Abu Dhabi investment. It's knocking on 10 years of being one of the richest clubs in the world. The underdog thing doesn't work anymore as far as I'm concerned. But yeah, he does keep, he keeps banging on about it. As a City fan, what do you say, think? Cause well, I was going to say, it might work in the Champions League because still in the long run, they are sort of, you know, Relative novices in that. I know. It's so, well, it's been ten si- years of investment, though, isn't it? <clears throat> Six, but, seven years Champions yeah, League. I mean, I don't. I can't. I remember looking once how long it took Chelsea after uh, mm. Bramwich arrived, and how long it took from Fergie's first title to his first Champions League. I'm sure it was eight, nine years or something like that. So you know. But Chelsea were reaching semi-finals mm. and not selling themselves as underdogs. I certainly don't think it applies domestically. I think you know City have been a major force domestically now since since that sort of FA Cup win or since mm. Mancini's yeah. first title. So. To try and, and that you know, they finished above United every year in other than twenty thirteen, haven't yeah. they? In those years, so to say that you know we're behind the others probably doesn't wash now, but perhaps a bit in the Champions League. But yeah, I think the the more we the more City play like this, I think the more he'll start to talk them up. I think you could see that after Chelsea, you could just tell he was he was, he was really really happy at that. I know mm. he would be, but uh, you could even see behind his sort of um, public persona you know, that he was just that he was just buzzing at that and. Uh, I think um, I think the more performances like that, the more he'll feel feel inclined to pump the tyres up, so to speak. You've, al- you've also um, got to work out what when what he says is for fans and when it's for players. Mm-hmm. He's made such a big thing about the players not being mentally able to beat the big teams, whereas you could kind of feel it coursing through them at Chelsea. And it, it's whether publicly going on about how far behind the big teams they are what is he then saying to the players? Is he... I'm assuming he's not saying that to the players in 
in in the in the changing rooms and on. Well, but maybe he is, and he's presenting that as the, as you know the odds that they can overcome kind of um, thing. But the mentality at the minute feels very very good. It feels to me like he is making believers of people, I, and I think with him is that. I know a lot of people think, oh, he's had undue stick and what have you. I, I think it's, I think I don't think that's really been the case. I think it's been a case of, we've all been waiting for for the magic of Pep to happen because we all saw what he did with Barcelona. We all saw what he did with Bayern Munich. We thought he was going to come here and do the same thing. When he didn't last season, there was a major disappointment to us all. But I still think there was a case of, well, you've got to give him time. You've got to give him time. I think other other managers would have had a lot more criticism. But I th- I'm, I'm getting the feeling that fans are falling in love with him more than maybe they were. Because I, I know quite a few City fans, and quietly, quietly, they'll say, "I'm not sure about this." I'm not, a few have mentioned the word "Emperor's New Clothes" as well. The case of, but you can't, you can't say anything against him, can you? You know, publicly, what have you? Um, I feel like he is winning them round, and performances like Chelsea, like you say, it's, everything came together, didn't it? It's everything he's been saying for the past twelve months. I think part of the problem is I find it with the older generation of fans as well because he's so young sort of hip and he's the, he is the new sort of you know um, kind of coach isn't he um, I know people are laughing about his attire on the touchline for everything everything from that upwards is you know he's different really isn't it and I feel like some of the older fans feel that at times he overcomplicates the football and mm. you know you hear blokes behind you at the match saying just lump it forward get it forward and, and, you know do, do you realise that you're watching it <laughs> that's not going to be happening but um yeah, I think, the, like I said, the more performances they put in like that and the more, you know, commanding they are. I think a lot of City fans might not even appreciate the, the, the proper beauty of the football they watch until mm. afterwards, you know. So sometimes you get wrapped up in the game and you're just willing the ball forward and willing it in the net. You're sort of not really fully taking in the, you know, the, like I said, the greatness of what's going on before you. A lot of the time it is breathtaking to watch, but you're just so wrapped up in and edgy and nervous and want the result that you can, you can start sort of, you know... Just willing the ball forward and I'm not really watching it and taking it in. I bet it's I bet it better to watch as a neutral at times. I've heard everyone say that this week. A lot of the stuff that's been City versus United, people said, who would you rather watch? And everyone says City without a doubt. I think that yeah, if you're not a fan of either club, if you can watch one Premier League club, it's City, isn't it? You know, yes. if, you, if you were selling the brand, if you were selling the Premier League to another planet, you'd want them to see City, wouldn't you? And the football they play. Absolutely, yeah. And I, th- I think that, that Chelsea game, it's one of the, because it was a narrow scoreline, as you say, and probably City fans couldn't really fully enjoy it. But if you watch it back later, you think this was never even in doubt. You know, there's that late chance, isn't there, for uh, was it Aspilicueta had a, the late header. Well, there's too many but, games like that last season where you yeah. thought it's not in doubt and then they would draw or lose it, you know. Yeah. So I think it was as much a mental achievement as it was a, a sort of, a, you know, a one on the pitch, really. I've got a question for you, James. Go on. Is the age of the super coach still alive? Well, one of the super coaches no, just got sacked. <laughs> one of the super coaches just got sacked in did. Angelotti, didn't he? Yes. So, but he's never been a master technician, tactician, has he? He's Angelotti. not a super coach. He is a su- well. He's a coach of super teams, but I think his his best qualities are more man management and keeping a group of the best players in the world happy. Yeah, that, that, that's you fine know. by me. I, I didn't do, do, does that Guardiola performance at Chelsea kind of suggest that coaches can still earn the money in those big games? Well, look, <clears throat> I don't want to be overly critical about anything, but 
Guardiola is doing this this season on the back of another two hundred million pounds spent, yeah. which is kind of my point at the age of the super coach, which is that what it really matters about is having a super owner or chairman um, or or set of investors who can who can give you the money. And all of the top clubs around the world right now are mega rich clubs. So Real Madrid are the best team on the planet because they have the money to buy Ronaldo and Gareth Bale and you name it. Likewise, Barcelona. PSG we're seeing now, and maybe City entering that. And likewise, if United do do likewise. That's the common theme, having loads and loads of money. But City had a game plan that meant that Guardiola outthought Conte. Well, that was a, a beautiful combination of the two. Yeah, but, but that's it. Yeah. On, the, on the biggest stage, which is where yeah. City want to be, if City go to the Bernabeu... Um, if they do that the and Guardiola outthinks Zidane. It's probably a point that's already been made, but one another striking thing in that Chelsea game was how scared of City Conte was, and I think that yeah. said, that sends a massive message out to City and the rest of the Premier League. He went to Madrid on the Wednesday and decided to have a go and, and went for it really against the team that's reached two Champions League finals. Yet at home against City on the Wednesday, he was sat with eleven behind, petrified basically, praying not not to get panned, which he didn't. But he, you know, in the end, still lost the game. So it was a strange setup from Conte, and people have criticised him for it, but. I think it, it almost is a massive compliment to City in the way they were playing. Really. Absolutely. He just didn't want to be leave it too open and get end up losing the game four or five, which would have been really damaging. I mean, however dominant City were, this is still going to go down on the on the record books as a one 0 win, which look to you know to to anyone yeah. not not who didn't watch the game looked like a 90th minute deflected shot when yeah. we know differently. You know, but if he got a nil nil, that would have been a good result for Chelsea, yeah. wouldn't mm. it? I suspect if you asked Conte as well, he'd probably say that Chelsea can't compete with City's spending. He has certainly had a lot of complaints this summer about the mm. about the, the the transfer activity of Chelsea. He thought they needed to buy a lot more players. Look, I, I'm not saying I that Chelsea. Had the money. People just didn't want to go there. Yeah, I'm not selling Chelsea as paupers by by any stretch. But I imagine that would be his complaint. He didn't get the transfer business done that he wanted. He, he wanted Lukaku for a start, didn't he? That that, and it turns out it's quite hard playing Champions League and Premier yes. League together. Yes, as who as, knew? As teams are finding out, aren't yeah, they? You know, yeah. Leicester last year, Liverpool. Um, now Chelsea, yeah, uh, which all which also makes City's last season not look quite so bad, doesn't it? They were <laughs> just wanted to float one theory that Go someone on. told me the other day that basically all this has stemmed from Sterling's deflected goal at Bournemouth, which on the face of it sounds daft. But when I was thinking about, it, I thought if they'd have drawn that game after drawing the Everton game, things would have he would have started to have been looked a bit sticky, and you know you can imagine the scrutiny on Guardiola. But that went in, he went off. You could see what it meant to the fans because they're all on the pitch. You could see what it meant to the players because. They're all going berserk, and, from, and everything from then on has has, has clicked, hasn't it? So um, it's these fine, it's they are fine margins, though, aren't they? They the, might have the, the back of Nathan Ake's heel to thank for City's uh, season <laughs> so far. Um, just a, another point on the that age of the supercoach point. We might keep going back to this as the season we goes. We should. On. Let's but keep we'll on. just keep a track of the progress report. Yeah, <laughs> um, it's it's an interesting. I know you wrote a piece um, just last week, say about the fact that Ancelotti's got the sack has has all of a sudden changed the way we view Guardiola's time at Bayern Munich, which, mm-hmm. despite being tremendously successful, was always kind of looked at as not quite as good as it might have been because everyone wins in Germany. Um, he took over the side, your Heinz side that won everything, didn't he? And all of a sudden, and Ancelotti suddenly got sacked. So whereas that made him look, that made his time in Germany look a lot better, I'm now wondering, if Heinz comes in and wins the treble again, <laughs> how does that make his time look in Germany? So it's, it's, it's on a knife edge, that one. It was interesting that they had him over to... 
talk to him about a new coach as well. Yeah, yeah. I definitely yeah. took from that that they would very much like him back. You know? Yeah, so I, much. I, for I think they know it's off the cards, but you know, sort of, it just seems to be courting him a tiny bit there. Hasn't he? He said it. He'll go back for every Oktoberfest. Yeah, so would I. It's very nice of him. <laughs> I spent Oktoberfest in Frankfurt. That's not the place to be for Oktoberfest. No. Apparently Munich's the place to go. <laughs> I was there a few weeks ago, the week before Oktoberfest, so that was one of the worst plans. <laughs> City breaks of all time. <laughs> Maybe next year we'll not, actually manage to land on it. for the travel show. Yeah. So, since we're, we're without Sergio Aguero for, for that game, I'm, I'm sure that everybody knows now what happened. He was involved in a car accident in Holland, on last Thursday, wasn't it? Two nights before the Chelsea game. Um, fortunately, there's no major injury, but he is going to be out for, we believe, six weeks. The Argentinian doctors told us that, uh, despite not having seen Aguero. So that's pretty good, pretty good going. Um, my immediate thoughts at the time when I saw it was obviously, I hope he's okay, I hope this isn't serious. But then, what on earth was he doing in Holland so close to a match? Um, I floated this idea on Twitter and Twitter being the place Twitter is, with a lot of reasonable human beings, um, told me exactly what they thought of me. Uh, I wasn't I'm, that harsh on you. <laughs> no, you were one of the kind of ones. <laughs> um, You're the only one of the ones he's not blocked. So, uh, <laughs> yours got through, probably. I mean, I, I, am, I, am I way off? I mean, when I say that, I got a lot of abuse from City fans. Um, I also got a lot of people supporting what I was saying. Um, am I way off with this? I mean, I, I think I think some City fans are living a little bit overprotective, really. I think people are, per, are sort of perceiving it as people using it to try and knock the club or knock Aguero, which they're definitely not. You know, obviously a car accident can happen absolutely anywhere. It could have crashed in Bezik on his way to the CFA. You know, but I think I know I, I certainly agree with you in the sense that it just seems a bit odd. Um, but I've seen another journalist on, on another program sort of saying it's a window into the world of a footballer, really. Like how sort of re- far removed it is from the yeah. world of a normal yeah. man that the idea of just nipping to Amsterdam. And nipping back, which is very possible, and you know he probably would have been back in bed, you know, in, in the time it could have taken him to drive from Stockport or something, you know. So, um, but yeah, I, I find it a little bit odd. And what sort of condition and fair man would he have been in, you know, eight o'clock on Friday morning in, in the CFA for important tactical meetings about, you know, the Chelsea game. Eleven a.m. Eleven a.m. There you go. Even still, well, I, you'd have to get up at eight. I, I had loads of people tweeting me saying. Um, what if he'd been in Glasgow? This could have been in Glasgow. Would you have said anything? Rightly so. Rightly so. I would have said, what was he doing in Glasgow at 11 o'clock at night as well? I don't know why they, what gig this is in Glasgow, apparently, by the way, but they, they all seem obsessed with him being Deacon in Glasgow. <laughs> I, I would have thought the same. In Glasgow, in London. Is that footballer's window, though? We don't know. We've no idea what any of the other players were doing at that time. We, we don't. I, I, but I'm talking about... You know, if Aguero goes to a gig and he's meant to be in his bed by 1am... Um, and gets in this taxi and suffers an accident, is that worse than the rest of the squad being out in a bar in Manchester till 5am? Well, I don't think they should be doing that either. Well, I mean, they shouldn't, but we don't know what they were doing. We, but, you no, know, well, that's fine. I don't, if they were out in a bar in Manchester at 5am, <laughs> we'd, we'd have known about them. The pictures would have been on We, we don't know how so many were up until, up, so yeah, <laughs> up until 3am playing FIFA. And, well, yeah, and I would, I'd have these same questions. It's not because it's Aguero, mm. it's not because it's in Holland, it's that it's, it's late at night, at a distance, it doesn't have to be another country, it could be a long, if he was in London, I would have said the same. Now, I, I get it's his day off, but how long does that day off last? Because on my day off, I'm not out till 3am 
You when don't I'm, have the money to fly to Amsterdam. That is true. Certainly not private. I'm not out till 3 a.m. If, if I'm up in, in the office at 7 yeah. the next day. If he had done this on Wednesday, with Thursday being his day off, I don't think there would have been a question. Because he's got a full day's rest, hasn't he? So that he was out late before that. And we're talking about... I know Guardiola said that he's not bothered, he's not the police, blah, blah, blah. Well, I, don't, I don't think he was ever going to come out and say, what on earth was he doing over there? This is someone who has banned Wi-Fi in the CFA. This is the, this is the type of person he is, the, the level of control he's got. This is someone who has changed the diet, brought in his own personal chef, not just for the players, for the whole staff at Manchester City. This is someone who, when they go home, he tells them he, he wants them to eat right, to look after themselves. Last year, he was, telling, he was telling the players it's up to them outside of playing that they have to make sure they don't suffer injuries, that they're in the best possible condition not to suffer injuries. I just don't think that fits in with that sort of person. I think Aguero, the big thing Aguero got wrong was he wasn't lavish enough. You know, you go to the, you go to the <laughs> trouble of booking a private jet and then you get in some random taxi <laughs> where you've no idea. They're not particularly durable. Can't yeah, they? yeah. Just, just bring your own driver and then crisis averted. No problem. I mean, or maybe a helicopter. Yeah, that, that yeah, do that. I mean, he did say, Pep, didn't he, that when I'm having a day off, I want them to have a day off, I want them to take their mind off football and to enjoy themselves. Well, he was not thinking about football, that is quite. <laughs> well, I suppose, I suppose, you know, what, what can you do? Tell someone what they can and can't be doing on the day off, you know, like... I know, I know, I do accept what you're saying. I, I do find it slightly odd that he was there, and you can in no way blame him for having a car accident in a car where somebody else was driving or, or anything like that. I do, I do find it slightly odd he was there, but I think Pep's in a bit of a in a position really where he might ever deep down just feel ever so slightly baffled and frustrated at it. But I suppose he can't really, you know. There's not much he can say really if he's given them a day off, and as long as he reports for training at 11 a.m. the next mm-hmm. day at the CFA, and he's you know, not morbidly hungover or whatever, or noticeably not in condition to train, then what can he, what can he say? He hasn't done anything wrong. I know, that, well, that, and that is the thing, isn't it? He? he hasn't <clears throat> breached club rules, but we all know there are nuances for these things. So, say he hadn't got in the, the car accident and say nobody had known anything, he'd played against Chelsea and had done what Jesus did as they won. A story comes out today saying, oh, by the way, Aguero was in Amsterdam two days before does anyone care? Uh, they don't care because they won. But mm. as we all know, had they lost, and that story comes out two days later, Aguero was partying in Amsterdam two days before the match, all of a sudden it becomes a thing. I mean, I, I don't know. Remind me, when, when Rooney uh, so supposedly gate-crashed that wedding uh, during England duty, that was on day off for them all, wasn't it? Mm. Yeah. That was a day off, and he got absolutely slaughtered. Uh, didn't a couple of players go to Bournemouth and do something that maybe... Yeah, they did. Wouldn't yeah. be ideal, or, to, or maybe not. Just not necessarily yeah. you'd want to be in the papers. But again, that was on the day off, wasn't it? And that was questioned. I, I, don't, I think the day off here is a red herring. I heard someone I say recently the, really, the drunkenness was the thing with the Rooney. Yeah, of the Rooney one wasn't it? I mean, of course, but he wasn't playing either. Remember, he was suggesting so Sergio was drinking hard. No, no. And, like so, no, and so are, are you are you as upset about Rooney and the rest of their activities as you are Aguero's then? Because um, I don't care about any of them. They can do, they can do what, what they like on the day off. I'm not bothered, but if you've got a problem with Aguero being in, in Amsterdam... Again, the, well, I, I, I get, yeah, the, this, the distance was, was an issue for me. The distance and the time. 40 Dis- minutes. Is distance it, is the team an issue plus time. 40 minutes <laughs> is, I'm not happy with it. isn't as bad as a, a taxi and to Bournemouth, team, was it? Or? Well, I wouldn't have done that either. 
well, no, but as yeah. long as you're consistent, we're That's all happy. <laughs> I, w- I wouldn't have done. I wouldn't have done either. I, 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 no, I, I'm not questioning Aguero's professionalism or anything. I'm just thinking, if I'm a manager and my player does that so close to the biggest game of the season, I'm going to be a little bit annoyed. The fact that he had a car accident was really, really bad luck that could have happened at any time, but it brought this to light. Mm. I agree, yeah. So we agreed? Yeah. <laughs> I also think it's a shame because I think Aguero's been amazing this season. I think Guardiola's got him playing the, the tune he wants. I mean, um, well, I think Jesus will be able to deputise yeah. ably, but six, six weeks he's going to, you know, Jesus is going to be a tired boy at the end of those six weeks, I would think. I mean, he's a young lad, isn't he? He's not, never shown any signs of sort of being fatigued or anything, has he? So, um, but I think, you know, he's, he's going to have to take on the real leading the line on his own, you know, three times a week for possibly six weeks. Um, Sterling up front with him? Possibly, well, I mean, there's lots of options, options up there. There's no doubt he's got options. The, the interesting thing for me is that it's yet another season that we're not going to see a full season from Aguero, isn't it? You know, we, for years it was these um, these hamstring problems, wasn't it? And, and they were putting him on, on special regimes because he'd always have these periods of injury, wouldn't he? Uh, last season was probably his first season I can remember where he didn't have that period of injury and they decided to start getting himself sent off. Mm. So that meant we, we were without him for a while. And dropped. <laughs> and dropped, yes. <laughs> uh, and now this season he's gone and gotten a car, cr- car crash and he's... Um, He's broken a rib or, or whatever, so he's going to be out for, for six weeks. But you just think, like, you know, he's on the verge of this record, isn't he? Mm-hmm. Um, that would have gone so long ago, wouldn't it? If just one of those seasons, if you hadn't one of these injuries. Yeah, it's worth mentioning as well that now City are out company, Mendy and Aguero, and they would be three starters, I think, in Pep's first choice 11. If you went into United and took out, you know, Lukaku, you know, yeah. I'm trying to think of his bet by and uh, Matic or something, they'd, yeah. they'd, be, they'd be in serious trouble. So it's, that's another. Testament to how well they're doing at the moment. And how well did at Chelsea. Yeah, I just, those think, I just think further down the stretch, especially company and Mendy is where it's going to, you know, because at the moment Stones are not a Mendy playing well, but again, three times a week, you know, for the foreseeable could be a big ask. But You're looking for, you're looking for problems again, again here, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> I, thought we were just, I thought we were just basking in it then, but you couldn't do it, could you? <laughs> I just wonder if full-strength squad, is that, is that too much to ask? <laughs> this is what we have squads for though, isn't it? Because that's, that's why you get, that's why all the top clubs have got these it's difficult to pick a first eleven. That's, this is why they do it because you can have injuries. But I take your point. They're not only three starting players for City. They'd be in the first strongest eleven of every team in the Premier League, wouldn't they? All three of those, wouldn't they? Yes. Would we agree with that? I'd agree with that. Yeah, definitely. Agree with that. Okay, good. We're agreeing a lot today. Aren't we? Oh, yeah. Is that yeah. worrying or? We'll find something. Sorry, tried to disagree with us about Aguero, but I think we won him round. <laughs> I think we di- agreed to disagree. <laughs> um, Given that it's International Week and we're just desperately trying to find things to write about, we decided to have our Player of the Season so far, after all seven weeks of the campaign. Um, picking cities was tough, wasn't it? I think mm-hmm. we can all agree on that. Yeah. Simply because there's so many. There's so many that you, that you could pick. And I think that if you saw the, the PFA um, Player of the Month vote came out, and it's, it's a fan vote, and of the top six, three of them were City players. Now, Lukaku won it by a mile. It didn't make a difference that. But for me, that pointed to what it's going to be like when the end of season honours come about, that there's going to be so many City players. They're going to take votes off each other, aren't they? Mm. Uh, and I think it was Aguero, Silva and De Bruyne who shared the votes this time. But that does reflect, really, how well they're playing as a, as a squad, doesn't it? You know, who's been your... Just go around the table. Who's been your star man, Si? Uh, well, I picked Edison, and for a yeah. similar reason to what Chris was saying about 
Sterling at Bournemouth. I think if Bravo starts against Liverpool, City are two 0 down within half an hour, and they don't have this amazing spell that they just had. I think he's been mm. amazing. He, he was talked about as under pressure, quite a big price tag on him when he came. Um, new to the Premier League, you know, you look, you look at um, De Gea now, how good he is, and everyone talks about how much he struggled in his first year. Um, this is the guy who's just come in and just looks the business straight away. I was very tempted to go with Edison. I didn't because uh, we, tried Don't want to, we tried to have variety, didn't we? Yeah. Yeah. Well, you could have it. easily picked him. Um, could have easily been Stones or even Kyle Walker as well, I think. Um, without sounding like I'm going for the obvious, I would say De Bruyne. I think he's just kicked onto a new level now. I think him being moved a little bit deeper. When, when I first saw that, I was a bit curious about that uh, first sort of hour or so at Brighton. Mm. Didn't look didn't look right, um, but he's taking on that sort of quarterback role now, and he he basically sets up the assists for the goals, doesn't he? he feeds those balls into the in behind into the channel, they get whipped across the face, and somebody puts them away. So his goals and assists uh, columns don't really reflect what he's done. I don't think either because he's he's not even getting an assist for them because he's <laughs> almost assisting the assist. But um, yeah, he's he's been absolutely amazing. I think he's he's. Um, the way he just sees the whole game, doesn't he? And sprays the ball around. I think he's really, I think he's shown a bit of leadership as well. You can see him on the pitch, sort of shouting and pointing around and getting people in position. So I think his captain material going forward as well. I think he's been outstanding. He's got that thing, hasn't he? Um, I th- I'm trying to think of a player who was like it. Maybe, maybe Gerard was a bit like it. Maybe, maybe Lampard as well. That the game against Shakhtar and the game against Chelsea, when that ball comes to him outside the area, you're convinced it's going in, aren't you? There's never any doubt it's going, it's going to be a goal. There aren't many players who get the ball so far out and you just think you're waiting for the net to bulge. Two absolute like rockets. Yeah. And one with his right foot and one with his left. Just, I mean, I think both Conte and Guardiola have said it recently, but he's a, he is a perfect player. Is he the best midfielder in the Premier League? I know. I think so, without, without yeah. a doubt, yeah. Even I think the, nearest, the nearest competitor to him is David Silva, but I think he's even moved ahead of him now, I think. Well, he's got the goals which Silva never had for City. Mm. That's the one thing. I, I personally, I think um, I think Silva's been one of the unsung heroes that, uh, this this season. I think he's, if anything, playing better than ever. He's just got so many options on the ball, which is perfect for him, isn't he? He's got so many willing runners and intelligent players around him. Well, he used to stand out, didn't he? Because there was yeah, not, not really yeah. anyone else doing that. But now there's a few doing that. Yeah, the there? guy right next to him for a start. <laughs> <laughs> but it, my player of the season was was actually. Aguero, I just thought, up until, up until injuring himself, he, he was about as, as good as he's ever been for City. I think Guardiola has got exactly the response that he was trying to get last season. And we questioned, didn't we? Oh, look, he scores goals. What more do you want from him? He's a, he's a great goal scorer. Well, he wanted more and he's got more, hasn't he? Yeah, but, I mean, Edison was the correct answer. <laughs> <laughs> and, we <haven't>, <laughs> and we haven't even mentioned Sane or Sterling, who have also been absolutely brilliant. Mm. I mean, to flip it on, he said he's had a bad start to the season. I mean, when I mean even split, Otamendi looks all right, doesn't he? Exactly, yeah. yeah. He's, he's looking pretty good. There, so, hasn't, there, hasn't, there hasn't been exactly. a lot. They've all, they've they're all they're been all brilliant. Torre. Well, Tory, he just hasn't played, has well, he? Exactly, but I think we expected um, him to play. We did, yeah. Um, I mean, I, su- I think Fernandinho's playing well, but he might be one of the ones. I would, he's, he's just not standing out like the others for me, but he's still. A few people said was him picking Delph over Danilo at Chelsea a little bit of a, a comment on his 
on his view on Daniel, but I think it was just because Delphi played so well against yeah, Shakhtar. I think it? I think Daniel's looked really good when he's played. Yeah, he's I really agree. Yeah. I just he's not a left. He's not a left back, is he? And maybe no. that's what's because Delph's another one who's played brilliantly. Who and who would have thought that? Oh. You know, he sticks a midfielder at left back and he's doing great. But there, there have been some unsung heroes, haven't they? And I think I think Stones has impressed us all this season, hasn't he? Because there are a lot of question marks about him, as there are whenever anyone signs for that sort of money. And I mean, I actually thought he was all right last season, but it wasn't helped by such a, a fragmented, fractious defence, was it? No, and he's English, so he's always going to be in the spotlight. He's always yeah. going to have more scrutiny than everyone else. Us as a nation who expects us to win the World Cup. Well, new Bobby Moore, um, so yeah, before. you know, expect him to be the best defender ever yeah. and and show that. And he did winning the World Cup last year was a letdown, though, wasn't it, from him? He, yeah, he should have won the yeah, World Cup. Yeah, he should have done. <laughs> Shame there wasn't one, but he, he gave it his best. Um, and, and he's still got room to grow, but... Yeah, he's yeah. been. He's looking like a leader in the absence of company. I think we all thought he would grow with company. Um, and last season, we kind of put most of his problems down to having to be part of that crazy defence. But uh, he's kind of marshalled them and made it his own this season, which is quite encouraging. It would be nice to see him and company have a run together, wouldn't it? At some point. Are we ever going to see that? Because it was notable this year, wasn't it, that in the few games company played. When it was about four, it was company after Mendy, wasn't it? Mm. It felt notable, I think, twice in press conferences. Pep said company had returned to training. And then last Friday said he's not training with us for a month. That was odd, wasn't it? Yeah, it was odd. Was odd. Yeah. City have been saying on a week-to-week basis when we go down there, yeah, who's It's as if it's the yeah, next match back. Yeah. Uh, just not quite right for this one. It'll be, you know, soon. And it sounds like he's a long way off, which is a bit worrying for company. I wonder if that had anything to do with the fact that uh, the Belgium squad was being called up and all of a sudden, no, 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 he's not been training, no, no, you know, he's yeah. got that wrong. Mm. Because, um, it always seems to happen like this with company though, doesn't it? He, he seems to just be injured between international breaks and becoming, yeah. becoming into fitness. And, then, uh, and somebody pointed out the other day, Belgium already qualified and stuff, but yeah, yeah. They'll, you know, they'll, they'll still have to go over there, see their doctor and... You wouldn't be surprised if he was like named on the bench or something, would you? And you'd, you'd sit if I was just peeping through the fingers sort of thing. I think they were 9-0 up when he got injured, weren't they? Yeah, yeah. Guardiola made a fairly telling comment about that where he refused to criticise Belgium or, or company for him playing on, but did mention the 9-0 scoreline as, a, as the game that he got injured in. And you think as a manager, he's just thinking, what on it? I mean, he didn't even, even need any defenders in that game against Gibraltar, did you? 9-0 yeah. up. And likewise, I think United are, are, are pretty unhappy. You would imagine at what's going on with Lukaku. You know, that again, they're, they're qualified. So maybe um, at least Belgium are fair with everyone. <laughs> well, this rule, that, this rule that you can't, they can't take the, the club's word that they're injured, can they? Mm. I think it's to stop. I the, get sort, that. It's I to stop that. the old Ryan Giggs sort of hamstring that used to happen you know, under Fergie. Mm. Every time there's a Wales qualifier, sort of thing. But but you get a situation where you know, say. I mean, I don't know whether Aguero will be exempt or whatever, but where he might have to fly halfway across the world just to, you know... Sh- I think a car crash definitely gets you out of there. Yeah, it does it. Yeah, I think <laughs> they that's, can that's suppose you can send him an x-ray, can't they, or whatever. But, for instance, company will have to link up with Belgium and then suddenly mm. whatever rehab he's been on with the city doctors is put on hold and they might actually change his rehabilitation or the treatment to his injury. And it, you imagine it's frustrating from a medical point of view, but also from a... From like Pep and the, the management team's part of you as well. Well, Pellegrini's frustration was, of course, that company himself wouldn't rule himself out, would he? And 
And he played. He played when Pellegrini was convinced he was injured and then injured himself. Yeah. You wonder how much it's mental now with, with, with company. I know he's obviously got issues there, but you know, I think Klopp said it with Daniel Sturridge, didn't he? Mm. You're going to have to, you are always going to have issues with that area of your body. You either play with them or, or, yeah. or forget it, sort of thing. I think he'd lay down the gauntlet, didn't he? So he just. He doesn't strike as the kind of guy who would who would not play for the pain barrier, does he? So no. if if he's out injured, you you certainly take his word for it that, that it's an issue. But you know, it'd be good if we get he could get to a stage where he can sort of you know live with minor injuries, basically. Well, at precisely the point that we started to think they're all over, he's, he's finally through it because because you're, you're waiting for the next injury. Just when it looked like yeah, this is done now, um, he goes and gets another injury, doesn't he? Which is a shame. Well, fingers crossed that he does. He doesn't play for Belgium, let's, let's face it, during, the, no. during this international break and he comes back raring to go for the, for the next round of fixtures before the next international break. Uh, but we'll leave it there. Uh, thanks for joining us. We'll be back next week when we'll be just about seeing the light at the end of the tunnel with this international break, just about. Um, remember, if you want to stay up to date with Talking City, you can subscribe to iTunes or Audio Boom. Uh, tell your friends about it and we'll... Speak to you soon.